Welcome to the Hughes of Leadership podcast, where we dive deep into the many prominent aspects of leadership. How does leadership show up in each of us? And how do we seek to have a positive influence on the lives of others? Just like Hughes vary, so does how we show up as leaders and how we may flex different hues depending on the moment, the task at hand, or the individual or team we're engaging. What hues are you using today? And which will you seek to further develop? I'm your host, DJ Menifee, a chief enrollment officer and a leadership practitioner in higher education. And I look forward to diving into the hues of leadership with our guest. In season two, we're focusing on extraordinary impactful leadership moments, specifically those that played a critical role in shaping the leader our guest has become or continues to become. Season two is inspired by the book, The Power of Moments by Chip and Dan Heath. Why certain experiences have extraordinary impact. I highly recommend it if you've not had the chance to check it out. So without further ado, it's time to introduce our guest of the hour. Our guest is the co-founder and chief evangelist of Zemi, a top app for prospective students to connect with one another as they explore colleges. Zemi works with close to 200 colleges and universities today, helping them to engage students in a fresh way, providing them with some of the most unique social engagement data in higher education. Our guest has been in education for 20 years and is very passionate about building company culture. He lives on a family ranch in Wyoming with his wife, Mandy, and their three kids, Abby, Micah, and Jackson. So without further ado, let's introduce our guest, Adam Metcalf. What's up, Adam? How you doing? DJ, so good to be here with you, my friend. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me to be a part of the show. You know, longtime listener, uh, first time uh, guest, and you know, honored and humbled to be here. I've seen, you know, you run an amazing podcast, obviously, uh, for some time now with uh, Hughes of Leadership. Uh, the guests that you've had are fantastic. And so to be counted among that number, I don't deserve that. I'm so humbled to be here with you, my friend. Well, I would beg to differ. I think you you do deserve to be here. And we're super <laughs> excited to to have you. You know, we've, we've had a connection for a time in the social media space, as well as in the higher yep. ed and higher ed adjacent space. And so to be able to learn more about you, uh, to see the success of Zemi and your contribution to that, uh, I'm excited about the audience being able to tap in and learn a little bit more about your journey, uh, what's been impactful to your leadership, and, and that also get some sense of how they can tie that to, to the hues that help them continue to develop as leaders. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited to have the conversation with you. And uh, hey, I mean, there's not a single human being that I know that reads more books than you. Um, and <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I'm just excited to learn from you as, you know, we, uh, embark upon this conversation. I appreciate the, the acknowledgement of the reading that I often share and reflect on with, with our peers in the space. And, uh, again, my intent is, it's not only that I hope to, to learn something as I dive in, but also that there's something in there that others would benefit from, even if it's just a simple, uh, addition to their reading list to add something that maybe they hadn't thought about. You've certainly inspired me in my own reading. You know, I'm not catching up to you, but I'm trying to, uh, you know, knock out as many books as I can. I got a long way to go. <laughs> so Adam, you know, in preparation for our conversation and thinking critically about some of the powerful leadership moments in your journey, uh, you identified um, three stories um, that I think will be impactful for our, our guests. And so yeah. for our audience, we're going to go ahead and get started. And we're going we're gonna to start with our first leadership moment. And, and this leadership moment is under the, under the theme of blessed to be a blessing. And so, Adam, I'm going to turn the keys over to you and talk to us a little bit about that theme, the story behind it, and how that's shaped your leadership. 
Yeah, thanks, DJ. Yeah, I think for anyone that's called into a position of leadership, right, regardless of what that leadership position is, because I think that all of us have an opportunity to serve in leadership in some aspect. For me, I believe that if you're in a position of leadership, then you've been blessed with an opportunity to bless others. And one of those things that, you know, really has been um, an important um, aspect for me in leadership was instilled in me by a guy named Henry Kasner, uh, who is the CEO of a company called bandwidth.com. And Henry once said that, you know, we don't just have an impact on our team or the employees at our company or our organization, but we have an opportunity to bring a multi-generational blessing to their family by what we talk about at the dinner table and by what we empower through our culture, our employees or our team to talk about at the dinner table. So if I'm creating a culture that is um, in any way, shape or form oppressive, that lacks transparency, um, that has negativity in it, my team goes back to their home and they speak around the dinner table. Oh man, can you believe like Adam's like this, like the company's like this, like I don't like being a part of this culture. And so that has a multi-generational impact. Um, And so it can either be negative or it can be positive. However, as a leader, if I create a culture that is fully transparent, it creates trust um, that we're loving on each other. Well, we're intentional about people unplugging. If we create that type of culture and people go back to the dinner table and then they're telling their spouse, they're telling their kids, they're telling their loved ones. Oh, my goodness. I love working at Zimi. You know, I love working at SU with DJ. It has a generational impact that my children, they grow up, right? Their children grow up, whoever may be. And they step into a place of, oh my goodness, work is good. Like work can be redemptive. Um, work is healthy versus, oh, I'm, you know, I'm never gonna like my boss. I'm never gonna enjoy that. And so for me, like that multi-generational blessing is really important to keep in mind that we are blessed to be a blessing and we can have a very important impact positively or negatively, depending on how we treat that. You know, from my own pers- from my own experience, you know, I learned a lot of these things from just making, you know, dumb mistakes through the years. Uh, and I think that, you know, the mistakes can be so powerful and such a great opportunity for us to learn as leaders. Uh, and so I'm thankful for those mistakes because in a lot of ways, we, we never lose, right? We just learn. And if I could go back, I would change them, right? I would absolutely change them um, knowing what I know now. Um, but at the time, they were mistakes. And what I when we originally started Zimi, I think one of the things that you know, personally, I had um, kind of a twisted mindset around, hey, I created a company. So I'm blessing you if you get a job at that company, right? And so that changes your mindset in terms of how you enter into that space with your team. Because if you're thinking you're bringing the blessing, then you're not really focused on serving them, right? Versus that mindset of, I wouldn't have a company if these people weren't here working and these people are amazing and they're fantastic, right? I wouldn't be in this position of leadership. So whatever position of leadership you're in at any given organization, you would not be there if it wasn't for your team. Right. And so your team brings the blessing to you, pass that blessing on to others. It's kind of the change of mindset, that reversal of mindset that I had to go through in the journey to really realize that. Adam, thank you so much for for connecting with our, our audience on this point. And as as you were sharing the 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 story and and then presenting some of the hues of leadership through that narrative, I just wanted to call out some of those pieces for the audience that that resonated. Yeah. Um, we, we both have um, for faith orientation in our lives. And so when you use yes. the language of um, not only being blessed, but being a blessing to others, obviously that, that resonates wholeheartedly with me and, and likely some members of our, our audience, regardless of what they, they practice in terms of faith or religion. But yep. the yep. other piece to that is this notion of 
type of culture and atmosphere and environment that you create and hold in your organization, how does that manifest itself, not only in terms of what the folks you are in position to lead take home, but but also in how it reflects on their leadership at home and how they run their mm-hmm. households. And yeah, so I remember good. when we were touching base on that, that was one of the pieces that resonated because it's one thing to to come home to the dinner table and to carry the positive, the negative or the indifferent from work. But it's also in what type of positive atmosphere am I seeing at work and how does that potentially show itself and how I how I help partner to run my home or how yeah. I help uh, to support those that are under my care or or who I who I share my life with in some capacity. How does that carry over positively if there are positive attributes that are stemming from transparency, that are stemming from the intentionality? And the other yeah. one that stood out to me I love that Adam, was the word that you intentionally used, which was love. Right. Yeah. And so when you think about the type of culture one wants to to be a part of, to help develop and contribute to, to have that type of feeling for those that you work with and that you spend a lot of time with, love yeah. is a very powerful for word that that I wanted to make sure we connected with. And then the last one I would share um, that I, I heard is the mutual relationship around being a blessing and receiving a blessing. And what I mean by that is this through this lens of active service. So your reference was, hey, I I, I had this view that I started this company. So you should just be appreciative, appreciative <laughs> that I've given you this opportunity. And now transitioning to a point where you've acknowledged that that blessing is mutual. You know, your company wouldn't have the success that it's had if it wasn't for the great people that you've been able to attract yes. and hire but also yep. that have become critical staples and foundational to the success of the organization. And so yeah, those things are monumental, man. Mind yeah. Mind. And, and, you know, I, I mean, actually, you know, to be completely honest, I mean, the company would be bankrupt if it wasn't for the team, right? Like I, I have the skill set to run this thing in the ground, right? Many times over. And so, you know, you know, God's grace still operates. We have obviously amazing leaders like Vanessa um, at Zimi and, and others uh, that have uh, really propelled the vision forward. But yeah, without the team, I mean, we would be nowhere. Well, kudos to uh, the Zimi team for members of that community that may have a chance to, to check this out once the show launches. Uh, again, we want to to lift up Adam's praise of you uh, because again, we recognize that that there's no success for an organization um, without the community that makes up that organization. Yeah, well, thank you so much, CJ. And that's one of the things I respect about you the most. I know as you transition out of the SU community, I know how uh, deep of a loss that is for that community because you have been such a phenomenal leader. Um, And uh, so you inspire me uh, in that way. And so thank you very much. You're welcome. And I appreciate you sharing those, those kind words as well. And so we're getting ready to pivot audience to our second story, our second narrative uh, that has been a part of the impactful uh, ways in which Adam leads. And so the second leadership moment is under the auspice, under the theme of the goodness of a gut punch. And so again, Adam, I'm going to turn the keys over to you. Walk us through the story and, and help us understand the impact on the leadership journey. Yeah. So I was reflecting on this one the other day and, uh, you know, I really do love it when someone just kind of gives me a gut punch and just like, hey, wake up. Like, what are you doing? What are you thinking about? Why are you saying that? Um, it's so helpful, right? As a leader, because it allows you, you just don't see your own blind spots. And I need a renewal of my mind every single day. 
right? I need to refresh my mind every single day because if I don't, I kind of can slip into a negativity bias. Uh, and so every single day, I just want to be centered, push forward with a mindset that is not just growth, but like a, a, a victorious mindset. Uh, and sometimes I lose sight of that. And uh, this particular story, you know, we were, it was back in 2019, we were going to IACAC. Okay. So Indiana, ACAC, um, and I was there and Sue Campbell, you know, who I'm sure many of your listeners know. Um, and then Vanessa Didick, our CEO, who had just come in um, in October of 2018. Vanessa was in her third trimester. We're riding in an Uber um, and going to the conference. And I remember there was things happening in the app at the time that were just like really frustrating, like something wasn't working. And so I remember, you know, I was kind of kicking off on oh my goodness, I wish this would work in the app. What is going on? And Soup and I had been working together for some time at that point, right? And so Soup's kind of like, yeah, like, why, is, why is this happening? And Vanessa, who's in her third trimester, tells us like, guys, snap out of it, okay? Like we need to be a part of the solution, not a, not a part of the problem. Um, and you're whining and complaining isn't helping in any way. Let's figure out what needs to get it done and let's get it done. Uh, and so that was like a serious, just like punch to the gut. And I remember mentioning to Vanessa a few days ago, and she doesn't even remember it, right? She doesn't actually even remember saying that to us. And so that was one of the most beautiful things about the story is that you can actually say something to someone, just have a powerful impact. They may not even remember it, right? But just her leaning in with just that, that growth, positive Victor mindset was so helpful to me as I reflect back because it was really a wake up call. Of, yeah, you're right. Like I can sit here and whine and complain, you know, about all the things that are happening in the app, or we can take action and be leaders and step forward and make a change and do something. That's exactly, you know, what Vanessa demonstrated at Zemi as she came in. I mean, that's been her entire leadership. Uh, so that gut punch is just so good. Thank you for reflecting on that. And I think even through the narrative, I may have physically felt it um, as you kind of <laughs> shared that, that nuance. And the piece that I appreciate is 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 some of these threads I want to pull out for our audience is one, the willingness as a leader to acknowledge that for all the things we may feel like we positively contribute to and the experience and knowledge we have, we all still have our own blind spots. So I appreciate yep. you bringing that to the forefront and being humble enough to to recognize that. I also appreciate your willingness to talk about the value of you on a day to day basis trying to be centered. Um, yeah, yeah. because sometimes as we navigate these leadership journeys, regardless of, of what our leadership journeys are and how much responsibility that comes with those and the number of people in our care, the notion of being centered for ourselves, uh, as well as being centered on the, the why and our purpose is always very, very important and critical to be that, that North Star. So I appreciate you keeping that at the forefront for us. And also, and you said it because I wrote it down as you were saying it, this notion of not being a part of the issue or contributing and compounding the issue, but being a part of the solution. And so yeah. I really wanted to make sure that I'm, I'm highlighting that and leaning into that. I guess I have a question for you is, yeah. it's one thing for you to say as a leader, you've now acknowledged I benefit from these gut punches. Um, yeah. Are there experiences where you, you can recollect when you've served the gut punch for some of your people that you were responsible for leading because you may have sensed that they maybe needed that wake up call in a similar way. Yeah, no, that's a great question, DJ. Um, and I'm sure you can answer this from your own leadership experience as well. I think that often it can go both ways, right? So I think, you know, at times like I can be the voice of encouragement to other people at the company, right? And spurring them forward. 
And, you know, sometimes Vanessa and I experience that, right? Like we all have bad days. We all have challenging days, right? And I may one day be that voice of encouragement to her. And on another day, she's that voice of encouragement to me. And so we lean on each other, right, to propel forward. And um, so I see that it works both ways. Like there's so many people at the company, like there's been many times where, you know, Sue has to step in and be that voice of encouragement to me or somebody else at the company. Um, and so I think that a great team relies on each other um, during those times and really kind of becomes an armor bearer for one another because we're all going to go through seasons. We're all going to go through challenges and difficulties. Um, we can't all have like just a perfect victorious mindset every single day. Um, I think there's things that just get interjected that are going to disrupt us and knock us off course. Uh, and so having the team being able to lean on each other. And then I think like just as a leader, having the humility to know, like, I don't always have to be like the rah-rah hype person that people, they, they hype me up, right? They hype me up too. Um, and they encourage me and they help me get through as well. And it's not just an onus on us as leaders. Our team can be so good at that. And so really just uh, sharing that responsibility amongst each other. And before we transition to uh, our third story, uh, our third impactful moment, Adam, I want to also acknowledge you and through the lens of of humility, which you just had a point about, and your willingness to acknowledge other great leaders in your organization. And so while this is an instance where we're having a dialogue and a conversation with Adam about Adam's moments and about Adam's experiences and what has helped and shaped Adam as a leader, I appreciate your humility and your willingness to share in the lifting up and the celebration of other leaders in your organization. So whether you're talking about Soup, whether you're talking about Vanessa or other members that that may not have been specifically named, but can very well fit into the narratives of those that have helped lift you up, that have helped lift the organization up and have, have kept the organization being successful. I appreciate you having that humility in your leadership to be able to recognize those other people. Oh, well, thanks, DJ. I can name every single person at Zimi, right? Because there's times you just look at someone else and you're just like, oh my goodness, like they're inspiring me like crazy right now. Um, and so it's, you know, it's just across the entire board. How about you, SU? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, I often, you know, if I'm thinking about even a moment today uh, to try to share it in a short narrative, you know, we we had an outside a solution partner come to speak to our executive leadership team about the trends that we're seeing and, and how that may show up in our multi-year planning three years out, four years out, five years out, yeah. right? And trying to be realistic about our enrollment objectives and our enrollment goals and how that aligns with the strategic enrollment plan. And one of the things I appreciated was this, this outside uh, partner wasn't talking about me. Mm. He didn't say DJ has done this, DJ has done that. Mm. He said, you all should be very proud. And he's talking to our executive yeah. leadership team, our cabinet. You all should be very proud of this team. Yeah. Your enrollment leadership team is one of the best that we have as partners. They have their house in order. They have a vision. They have a plan. And they utilize the data to inform the community and their constituencies and to inform their decision making. And yeah. so for me, when I think about that, that is highlighting the other people that make up the enrollment leadership team here that I spend uh, Wednesdays in this room, sometimes two, three hours plus, uh, in addition to our one-on-ones with understanding and acknowledging we wouldn't be where we are without them. And the other pieces is I would also share in a separate narrative 
in instances when we're able to to present in front of larger audiences, when I think about a town hall or I think about the trustees, the opportunity to lift up not only our division for their effort and their work, but also to acknowledge our campus partners, because it truly takes a village to meet and own objectives and be successful. And oftentimes we can have all the marketing in the world. We can have a great territory management plan. We can be very thoughtful and thorough uh, with quality financial aid regimens and packaging. But in the end, when they come to visit, if they're blessed to come and see our campus, they're not coming to see us. They're coming to see that amazing faculty member, uh, that member in the Career Development Center that's going to help them prepare to be a a standout candidate in the world. And so, yeah, those are the moments I I would lift up to say, here's where we are acknowledging other people's greatness and not my own. Yeah, I love that, DJ. Well, I see that in you as a leader. I think it's very apparent. You definitely have a gift of encouragement and you're constantly looking to, you know, put that praise on other people within the organization. Um, So that's extremely evident in your leadership. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. So audience, listen, we're heading into impactful moment number three. And so this theme is under the the umbrella of growth comes from rest. And so again, Adam, I'm going to turn the keys over to you. Walk us through that, that impactful story and how it shaped you as a leader. Absolutely. So this one's been a really important lesson for me. Um, I think a lot of us, right, have grown up in a culture where uh, we were taught grind till you die. Right. And we really adhered to that in a lot of ways. Like it brought us identity and it brought us value. Um, If you're someone that's a part of this audience, I know you're probably a person that is very motivated for people that are highly motivated. Um, I think this is something that's been instilled in us for a long time is like, you just keep fighting and you keep, you know, grinding until you get what you need to get. And I lived in that mentality for a long time, right? I love those type of speeches. I love those type of influencers like, man, just keep working seven days a week. And, you know, some of this was modeled for me as I grew up. And so to detach myself from that and to realign my my brain with what is actually good and true and beautiful um, was difficult. And so in the early days of Zimi, it was, hey, man, we're seven days a week, <laughs> right? We're going to be here at 5.30 a.m. You know, nobody's stopping working until, you know, we, you know, the job is done and, and the job was never done. So seven days a week, I'd go to the park with my kids and I'm checking Slack, I'm checking email, I'm just ignoring my children, right, as they play in the park. And, and I wasn't fully present, right? And the ability to be fully present is so important. The ability to learn how to unplug is so, so critical to leadership. I mean, you think about like charging your iPhone, right? Charging your Android device. Like we feel good when it's like at hundred percent, right? But that thing drains throughout the day. We drain just like that. And like, if we don't take time to unplug and we don't take time to be intentional, we don't take time to be fully present with our loved ones, then you can't bring your best self to work. You cannot be the best leader. And when we thought, hey, we're just going to keep grinding, we're going to keep doing, you know, what we're doing and, you know, work seven days a week, we actually went way, we didn't go very far. Like we actually made way less money. We spent a lot more money um, as a company. Uh, and it wasn't until we learned to peel back, right? It wasn't until we learned to like take a rest and be intentional in our loved one's lives that we actually propelled much further. And so when you slow down, there's actually, it's counterintuitive, but there's a lot more growth that comes from that. I think that's the case for any organization because you're just giving people the opportunity to recharge. You're giving the opp- opportunity for people to rest and to, you know, find wholeness and to find um, mental health and to find, you know, just a better place of being um, as a result of that. I I appreciate you reflecting on that. The, the first piece that I wrote and you've alluded to it is 
what happens when we lose focus and we lose presence in other aspects of our life, right? And I think back to a time where we were coming through the pandemic here in the the Susquehanna community, and there was this instance of wanting to just address this dialogue around work-life balance. And I can't remember where I got it from. I want to acknowledge here directly in the podcast that this is not of my own creation, but somewhere along the journey, I got introduced to this notion of, of not talking about work-life balance as if the scale has to be equitable, but this notion of harmony. And when I thought about the harmony, it was like, well, you know, our, our work and our lives can kind of have like this uh, roller coaster feel yes. to it. Yes. So it's yep. less about thinking about the short intervals of saying each of these moments has to be equitable um, and things have to be in balance there. But over a longer period of time, is there balance? Yep. Because we know with our work, uh, regardless of the type of work and the seasonality around our work, there are going to be peaks and valleys to that yep. work. And so how do you exactly. make sure yeah, over seasons. a longer stretch of time yeah. that you find um, that balance? So I appreciate you. Yeah. you I love that word you use, DJ, harmony, right? Like just yeah. this constant, it's just like a flow state, right? Just the flow between, and it's all one thing, like work and life, like it's all actually one thing, right? And it's not like two disparate ideas. Um, so I really love that that idea of harmony. Um, and, you know, like, and, and, and Russell Harris was on your uh, show last podcast I listened to, right? And Russell was talking about, I mean, this is a marathon, right? So this is not a sprint. Um, and I 100% agree with that. Um, and like you're saying, there are seasons, right? There are seasons, like it feels, it's, you got to treat it like a sprint. But I think like that overall mindset of this is a marathon, we can't finish everything in a week. Um, it's very healthy for you and the team. And to that point, and, and to your your reference to the episode with Russell, which uh, was a phenomenal conversation, yeah. you know, the note that I took down this instance re- relates to that. And I, I talk about pace and speed. And then I wrote this, I would call it my own type of formula or equation to say volume of work mm. does not always equal volume of success, right? Or the yeah, amount of success. Yeah. And so volume I think work, yeah. when you make the reference to when Zemi started to make the transition and pivot and, and to see some of your long-term success start to show up, it isn't just simply saying you stopped, but you you recognize, okay, the seven-day onslaught isn't really creating the value. How do we pause, make ourselves present in all aspects of life, but also to be more thoughtful? And I'll use one of your words that you've used a couple of times, and I'm going to make sure I'm using it more often, is the intentionality behind how you yeah. are approaching what you were doing as an organization. Yeah, I completely agree, DJ. So for our audience, we've we've touched base on three amazing stories that have helped shape Adam and also not only Adam, but some of the other leaders that he has been blessed to share space with. So we've talked about being a blessing. We've talked about the goodness of a gut punch. And we've also talked about the value of rest and how it shows up in our leadership. And so as we get ready to pivot and then come to a close, Adam, if you had an opportunity to share any words of wisdom that could be of value to our audience members, what what would that be? I think uh, that something I've become increasingly interested in, right, with the advent of the iPhone in, in 2007 and just the um, exacerbated growth of uh, smartphone technology and I think a lot of addictions that have arisen thereof, right? Where it's so easy to go back to our phones for so many things in life. It's just this idea of unplugging. It's tying back to that last point of just 
rest and finding in my own life that I was ignoring my loved ones um, because it was so easy for me in the palm of my hand to be drawn back into work. And so how do we create, again, using that word, DJ, how do we create those intentional times of rest, unplugging, and we're very disciplined about it, right? And it's a journey. It's a journey. Like sometimes I'm terrible at this, right? But something I really want to get better at is trying not to check my phone. When I first wake up, I try to go two, three hours, you know, without even looking at my phone and just spend time for me, right? Um, as a man of faith, just spending that time with God, uh, spending that time in a Thanksgiving journal um, is really important for other people. That's going to look different, but what does that look like for you to unplug and how can you be intentional in your schedule um, after I leave work, right? Like I'm going home to sit down with my wife and my kids around the dinner table. I don't want to be checking my phone, right? I don't want to send that message to my children of like, Hey, like work's still going on. You know, you guys aren't as important as the things that I have going on in Slack and just turning my phone off completely. Right. And then spending three hours of just deep intentionality with them. You can check it later, right. When the kids are in bed, but like just being very, you know, disciplined in that again, Sometimes I'm terrible at this, right? But I really want to grow in my ability to unplug. Uh, I've been practicing a Sabbath rest, right? So 24 hours of, of not checking my device. And again, that's hard and I, and I fail at it. Uh, but just trying to move into that space of where can I improve in my ability to unplug, be fully present is something I'm passionate about that journey. I'm excited that each day I have an opportunity to grow and learn in it because I've just found mental health wise, physical health, um, spiritual health, everything is bolstered by my ability to refrain from always checking my phone and always having it on me and always trying to do something with my device. So um, anyways, that's, you know, uh, you know, take it with a grain of salt, just part of my journey and uh, something that I've been, you know, increasingly passionate about for sure. Adam, thank you for not only sharing uh, the words of wisdom in relation to unplugging, but also in providing our audience some of the examples of what that looks like in practice, right? So whether you're talking about the intentionality around when you wake up and refraining from looking at your phone for a set number of hours, when you come home and you're connecting with your loved ones to have it all for a set number of hours and to truly intentionally focus on your loved ones, to the practice of of the Sabbath to just really thinking about the ways in which you are intentionally talking about these examples. And one of the things I often catch myself saying to uh, my queen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when By the way, I, I love that you call your wife the queen. It's <laughs> just so when true. I, I when that. I falter on something is that progress is a process. And it doesn't mean that that it's always going to be in this set direction. Yeah, there yeah. will be some falters that may occur. Yeah. But if you are committed uh, and dedicated to it and are working to be disciplined, uh, if I use your language, that over time you will see the progression. Um, and then lastly, I also appreciate you bringing into the fold recognition of mental health, the physical health, the spiritual health of a being, yeah. right? And yeah, regardless of, again, one's practice of faith and where they are in their lives in that moment, all of those three threads uh, are, are very valuable and important. And so thank you for leaving our audience with that wisdom today. Yeah, thank you so much, EJ. And the, the other caveat I would say there, because I think this is important to each individual person's experience and season of life, is that just because that works for me right now does not mean it works for everybody. And I, I just want to be thoughtful to throw that out there because 
you're in different stages of life, you know, what works for you, you need to define what works for you. This just happens to be, I think something that like, you know, it fits into my schedule and it works for me. Um, that may be absolutely insane for somebody else and you can't do that right now. Um, so just wanted to throw that out there in the sense that I'm not trying to be prescriptive and what, what looks for you, you know, what's going to work for you in terms of unplugging, but just the thought of, you know, is there, is there opportunities for us to unplug more and be more present? Fantastic. Well, Adam, I want to make sure to acknowledge you not only for your time, but also your willingness to be transparent, uh, to have humility and to to share aspects of your leadership journey. Uh, the great moments um, and maybe some of the not so great moments and acknowledging that these are, even as leaders, um, we, we can make mistakes, but we can learn from those experiences. So, so thank you so much for blessing our audience today. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me, DJ. You inspire me with your leadership, your humility. So um, it truly is an honor to be here with you. And uh, yeah, thank you for thinking of me. So to our guests, as you transition to work or home from work, uh, as you head into lunch or you're transitioning between meetings, as you transition into professional development time you have for yourself each day or each week, or as you transition between the work and the time you have with yourself and your loved ones, Let's reflect on and consider incorporating what we've learned through these extraordinary, impactful leadership moments into our lives. Thanks for tuning in to the Hughes of Leadership podcast. And remember to ask yourself, what Hughes will I use today and which will I seek to further develop? Thank you.